Boys, welcome back to To the Tuga, the Everything Portuguese Soccer Podcast by the fans for the fans. I'm Kevin Jesus, Christian Ferrer, Mitch Ferrer. Wow, what a few days it has been. What a week it has been. Uh, it's just, I mean, here we thought we were going to be talking just about Portuguese front uh, Sons uh, roster for the World Cup qualifiers, the Champions League groups, Liga Portugal, but all of that got thrown aside with uh, the drama, the saga that was Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, first, you know, last week when we talked, guys, there was that picture of him putting his finger up, you know, saying, don't believe everything you hear. And that was because t people were talking about him going to um, Real Madrid. But then it was rumored he was going to Manchester City. And at the final hour, the 11th hour, he ended up going to none other than Manchester United. He returns home. Guys, what do you think? Uh, I love it. I, I love the whole thing. Uh, especially, he left out the most important part. He was linked with City. Yeah, like, well, that's what I said. Manchester City. He was going. Oh, sorry. He was supposed to go there. Uh, United. And then at the 11th hour, yeah. Yeah, United. Like, that whole drama was massive. It was wild. Massive. Uh, he was linked with City. And I think, as you uh, you were mentioning in the group chat, Mench, you think that you think he sent it up? Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was My beautiful. love for George Mendes yeah. just grew tenfold. Yeah, after, uh, after this. he's. If you guys don't know who he is, he's a super agent, and uh, yeah, agent. he's yeah. he's he's an unreal. He's unreal. He uh, stirred the pot. He you know put it out there that uh, he was going to go to City. I from what I hear, there was talks, but I think that was part of his thing to uh, you know get United back in the mix. And <clears throat> well, I think originally, so if we backtrack a little bit, so last week we were talking about you know, all the rumors that were flying around. Ronaldo came out. You know, with that big post, we talked about that. Then on the weekend, he asks Allegri to sit him for Juventus' home opener. Yeah. And right away, there were questions. Okay, is he injured? No, he's not injured. So if I – and I can't, I can't confirm this, but here's what I think happened here. Already, they're saying that Ronaldo had offered himself to Man United. And that they weren't interested. And I'm thinking what happened was Ronaldo wanted out. He told Judgments, I want out. I don't like this Juventus team. I don't think the qualities that I don't blame him. I need to be at a better team. I want out. And I think Judgments said, Let's talk to United. United wasn't interested. And here's where I think it really got interesting because Ronaldo came out and kind of told everybody, shh. You know, I'm not going anywhere, whatever. And I think George Mendes said, tell Allegri to sit you. Let's start getting some eyebrows raised. Because as soon as he sits, he asked to be sit and he's not injured. Other clubs are saying, well, what's going on? Is Ronaldo on the market? Is he really wanting to leave? Yeah. Then I think what really happened is when United said no, I think Ronaldo told Judgment straight up, I'm not going anywhere else. I want United. And that's where the brilliance and genius of Judgment comes to the fray because I think what he did was, okay, I'm going to talk to City. I'm, I, I'm, I'm playing I, as a fly in the wall. I'm thinking this is how the conversation went. Ronaldo part said, I'm not going to City. No, don't worry. You're not going to go to City. No, George, I don't want to go to City. No, you will not go to City. Just trust me. So you're saying it was a negotiating tactic. It was 100% a bait and switch. 
he got City to the table and got them to agree to a contract with Ronaldo and took it as far as he could go without actually inking the deal. And what happened? George Mendes leaked it. And as soon as it got leaked, the world erupted. The Manchester United world erupted. Fans went crazy. Apparently, former players, Rio, former players. So Rio yeah. Ferdinand picked up the phone, called Ronaldo, and said, "Dude, you're not going to City. Tell me it's not true. I can't have my son wearing a, a Ronaldo Manchester City shirt." Like, yeah. And then apparently, even Sir Alex Ferguson picked up the phone and said, "Ronaldo, you're not going." At that point, if you've got Sir Alex, Man United has to come to the table with an offer. Yeah. So Which I then, think it was just absolute brilliance and genius of yeah. George Mench to orchestrate the whole thing. It was a class, classic bait and switch, and he got United to the table. And yeah, then I, you get this post by Manchester United when they announced the deal. 12.8 million likes on uh, Instagram. The most liked sports post in Instagram history, which just goes to show the power of Cristiano Ronaldo. Even though you hate him, Mitch, it's all good. <laughs> uh, I was watching the podcast with because uh, Rio, Rio Fernandez is on podcast, and he, I guess he knew pretty much from the beginning that he was not going. Uh, so right when those news came out, they're in a WhatsApp group together, and uh, right away he started messaging him. And uh, right after talking to him, he couldn't say it, but he actually bet one of his best friends on the pod money that he was not lying was going to City. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, that's where I think your story lines up well is with the bait and switch because, yeah, th that was causing. And Man City actually came out and said how disappointed they were with George Mench. I don't yes. know if you've seen the, the piece. They said they one. were very disappointed with um, the way it the whole thing went down because I that's exactly what happened, guys. The, he knew that he needed to get Man City to the table, but it had to be – Yeah, it wasn't just, oh, rumors. It had to be he, – he needed to have – contracts ready to be signed so that man united could and who would have thought he would talk messy once more <laughs> <laughs> you know what though, i think the thing that i love about this you know is uh as one of my friends put it finally something did come home to england this year and that was christian <laughs> old trafford but no in all in all honesty the to me the best part is the effect, the impact that this move will have on Bruno Fernandes uh, uh not only on um uh, from the club level, but from an international level now too, right? You're going to be playing with Ronaldo pretty much 24-7 now, and that confidence and the ability for him to grow is going to be really good. In fact, um, Bruno Fernandes very quickly posted this on Twitter, uh, and it's a picture of him, uh, young Bruno Fernandes, watching Cristiano Ronaldo as a kid, and now he says, never stop dreaming. Dreams do come true. He gets to play with Cristiano Ronaldo all the time. Uh, I cannot get over just how incredible this moment is for him. Yeah, not to shit on your parade there, Kev, but this is, <laughs> this is the part that actually worries me about him, Ronaldo, going to United, is that we know firsthand from watching this lesson, uh, Christian, if you could rate uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 Bruno Fernandes' performance, with Ronaldo on the field as an average, what would you rate Fernandes' performance when Ronaldo's playing? Uh, I, that's a tough one to ask. He hasn't been to the same caliber as United, but I don't think that's well, a Why Ronaldo. do you think that is? I don't think it's because of Ronaldo. You don't think it's the pressure of playing with his idol? No, no, because if you want to be the best, you got to play with the best. You know what I mean? 
And if you can't play with the best, then you're never going to be the best. But it's so I, I think I think with Bruno Fernandes on the national team, he's not getting played in the right spots. I think it's tactically also different team. There's so many variables. I do not think it was Ronaldo. But that adding on to that point, wouldn't you think that would be good for him then? I to build that's that chemistry. The only positive here is that playing with him, training with him on a day-to-day basis, that they get to know each other better, and that he loses that that nervousness of playing with Ronaldo on the same team. That's that's the one thing that but you know what happens with penalty shots? What happens with free kicks? Yeah. I mean Fernandes, here's the thing that I've learned about Bruno Fernandes from watching him play with Man United and with Sporting. In order for you to get the best out of Bruno Fernandes, he needs to be the focal point of the team. He was the focal point at Sporting. He has become the focal point at Man United and that's what makes him such an amazing player. Do you remember when Bruno Fernandes has a very strong personality? You remember uh, there was a Premier League game last year. Victor Lindelof, one of the center backs for Man United, made a made some kind of mistake, and Bruno Fernandes sprinted back and started screaming at Victor Lindelof. If Ronaldo flubs a pass in the middle of the game, do you think Bruno Fernandes is going to go and start screaming at Cristiano Ronaldo? No. See, but see, this is the thing. I think Ronaldo. This is from a, not a Portuguese standpoint, but from a Man United standpoint. I think uh, Ronaldo will be good for the whole team because of all the young prospects they have. Ronaldo's a super professional. The way he carries himself, the way he trains himself, the way he holds other people accountable, I think it's going to raise the standard in that locker room. Those young players, like, for example, Marcus Rashford, he idolizes Cristiano Ronaldo. He had posters on his wall as a kid. Uh, Greenwood idolizes Cristiano Ronaldo. So they're going to look at him. And when Ronaldo talks or holds them to a higher standard, they're going to listen, and it's going exactly. to up the, and it's going to up the professionalism in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might tarnish Bruno with the stats because I agree with you. A lot of ego scores, a lot of penalty shots on the free kicks, but we also don't know if he's. I, I think Ronaldo's going to be taking the penalty shots, but we don't know that variable yet. And maybe free kicks. That, that's up to the coach. I hope you're right. And and I know you guys all think I hate Ronaldo. I don't hate Ronaldo. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit. A little bit. I you say it. It's okay. It's okay. I love Ronaldo. Ronaldo who? Just wait till you see his starting lineup. Here's the thing. <laughs> there is starting to develop something called the Ronaldo effect. Yes. We saw it at Real Madrid. When Ronaldo left, that team was in shambles. They did not know how to play without Ronaldo because he is the entire team in order to be successful with Ronaldo on the field, you need to play through him. You need to play to his strengths. And the entire team gravitates around one man. As soon as Ronaldo left, Madrid's been in chapels. They've never been the same since. Juventus, the exact same thing. And I have a feeling the same thing is going to happen at United. Exactly what you just said. These kids idolize him. It's very difficult to play with a guy. You're not talking... Uh, some guy that you know is it's just a really good player. You're talking about a guy that these 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 were kids when Ronaldo was in his prime. Like that pick that that post of Bruno Fernandes is, is is exactly what it was. These kids were sitting there idolizing this guy. And now they're playing on the same team. It's very difficult to all of a sudden still be your own player. Yet you have this god of a of a player on your team, and the pressure to to play to his standard. 
And I think but that'll make them better. You yes. play, to, you play to the people around you. Right. And that's, what's going to happen. And I, 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 I'm going to very much disagree with you, Mitch. I think this is a wonderful move for Bruno Fernandes' career. I think you're going to see huge impact when it comes to the uh, World Cup qualifiers because of it. You're going to see him really step up. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, you're worrying over nothing. Because you got to remember, too, Cristiano Ronaldo's also he's, – he's beginning the later stages of his career now, too. So things are a little different. This isn't like the beginning of his, of his career where, you know, the ego was definitely right up there. So I do think that it's a little different this time around. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and like I said, those little things uh, in the locker room that they – maybe after a game, there's lots of rumors that uh, they always bug in Paul Pogba and Lingard. Because after a loss, they'd be in there playing music and dancing and stuff. That wouldn't fly with Ronaldo. He would call. He would call them out. He would call. He holds people accountable. He wants to win. Maybe a little bit too much. He's he's a super professional. So I think a lot of players, that whole team is going to benefit from it. And if you look at United before, nobody was talking about like they're always a contender to win the league. But now people are legit talking about Champions League. You know, making a push making a push for the league. Like, it ups the ante. Like, Ronaldo, as a player, is one thing. But what he brings yep. in terms of marketing, in terms of accountability, in terms of professionalism, it changes the whole dynamic. What do you have opinion. to say about guys like the former president of Juventus saying that Juventus signing Ronaldo was the biggest mistake in club history? Uh, that's an easy answer. If you can't afford him, if you can't, if you're just, Planning, like, for example, I'm starting a company. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring in Mitch. I'm not going to bring in anybody else. Mitch is going to take care of everything. I'm not going to get better managers. I'm not going to get better this, better that. You're going to just put everything on you, figure it out. It doesn't work that way. Aaron. You got to, you know, bring in multiple pieces. It's You can't just rely on one player. Portugal is a perfect example of it. We had Prime Ronaldo for so many years. We do the exact same thing. Ronaldo, do everything for us. You know, you need you need other elements around you. You need to build around those players. There's eleven. There's ten other you know positions or eleven or ten other positions out there. He can't do everything himself. His argument was that pre Ronaldo, the team arguably wasn't as good, and yeah. they were going to the Champions League final. Yeah. His argument was Juventus plays better and played better as a team before Ronaldo ever came. Yeah. And that. And that him there just kind of ruined uh, the team, if you will. Um, you know, that's that's the that's the an excuse from someone who's bitter that he's leaving early. That's what yeah. that is. So he's just it, bitter. But like they they continuously got worse, not better. You know what I mean? It's they had a really really good team in, the, in those years, and then once Ronaldo came, they started you know losing some pieces, and every single year after that get, got a little bit worse, and other teams got better. Even in the, the Serie A, Inter got better. Roma's yep. coming up. You know, like fill in the blanks that that whole league as a mm -hmm. whole became mm -hmm. a lot more competitive. So, so we, can, we can sit here and talk about Juventus and their failure to do anything. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about some other key pieces. Uh, World Cup qualifying coming up. Fernand Sanch, everyone's favorite coach, uh, made <laughs> uh, his big picks uh, this week. And there was some interesting uh, suggestions. We had talked about it last week. We wanted to see Joao Mario called up, and he was. Uh, Gonzalo Inácio was also called in. Uh, Otavio, the big controversial pick, called up by Porto. Um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on here. So uh, let's get right to it. Did Fernand Sanch uh, hit a home run with this uh, selection? I, I say no. I mean, we have a lot of great uh, quality players. I don't think it will affect our starting 11. But in terms of depth, yeah, I think there was a couple things I didn't really agree with. And one of them being Otavio. It's pretty bad when you have Porto players, or sorry, Porto fans coming up to me. Like, really? Otavio? He hasn't been good in two years. You know, he's El Tabashforma. He's not even playing that good right now. Okay, and, but is, do you think though it's part of the like? I'm sure he probably signed some sort of deal or had some sort of verbal agreement with Fernando Sanchez because he only became a Portuguese citizen back in March. So maybe this was part of the deal. Is hey, I'm going to get do everything. So then, you know, at your next available call up, you get me on the team. But I mean, he's been playing well. I mean, he's not terrible and i think this is a good opportunity to have them up and around these guys and see what it's like and plus you have that friendly with qatar that can change things up yeah and like adding on to that there's we talked i talked about him last podcast Matheus Nunch. um you know he was in portugal since uh, i I said it wrong last week i said he was since he was eight since he was 12 years old he was in portugal his mom's portuguese his dad's brazilian he was uh, at the sporting academy you know since he was 12. He uh, went out and said, whoever calls me first, Brazil or Portugal, that's the national team I'm going to play for. And he's an up-and-coming talent. Like, watching him week in, week out, you could see something special there. And I think it was a great opportunity to call him instead of Otavio, which is not in the best form right now. For me, that was a big, big L, in my opinion. So it's funny you bring him up because Brazil called him up. Yes. So that that was my next point. But now there's a bit – we might still have a chance because Sporting – uh, is saying no, they're not releasing him because he only has one shot of the COVID vaccine. So he would have to enter a 14 day quarantine. So he would miss the Porto game and the game against Ajax. So they're not letting him go to Brazil. So, so you're there there's a chance. chance. There's a chance. There's a chance <laughs> that he could be sticking around. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> here's my take on this I'm not a fan of calling up non Portuguese born yes. players. Um, and you know, Otavio is not. I mean, uh, we've look had, at that can, smile though. Look how happy he is. You can make the argument that we've had success in the past with with Pep and Deku, um, and and you know those are massive players. Like when you bring in a Pep and a Deku, those were generational gems that you know we were honored to to have them there. Otavio is not that guy. Okay? <laughs> Definitely, not he is guy. not that guy, um, and. Honestly, if we didn't have a ton of selection in the midfield, Portuguese born and bred, and we went and got Otavio, okay, well, you know. But when you've got the pool of players that we have in Portugal, the talent that we have, I think this is a slap in the face to guys like Pizzi. I think it's a slap in the face to guys like Sergio Oliveira. I think it's a slap in the face to guys like Ricardo Huerta. I think it's a slap in the face to a lot of different players out there who could have made a very, very good case to have so been called. Can, can I ask you something? I have my own opinions on this. Uh, do you think the the teams have anything to do with this? Like Porto wants to have certain represented players there. Bifica wants to have certain players there. You know what I mean? Do you think it has anything to do with I that? I think not so much the teams, but the agents. The agents, I yes. think the agents have a massive, massive... I think so too. On who gets called up. Because this 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 call up, it shocked all Portuguese fans, you yeah. know. Even Porto fans, like I said earlier. It's 
something that, in my opinion, wasn't necessary. You know, it, was, it is okay. It, yeah, you're right. It's not necessary, but the opportunity presents itself given the fact that you have two World Cup qualifiers and you have a friendly put in there and quite frankly one of those world cup qualifiers you have some room to experiment with so i think this is actually a good opportunity despite why what you not might can, think why not experiment with a guy like Sheka? yeah who's part I, of leo's, sure, leo's lot of options. championship run he was a pivotal part he's a great midfielder like why not look there's enough portuguese talent out there that we don't have to be bringing in non-portuguese players that that's that's my that's my it's not that octavio octavio isn't good enough i do think he's good enough i just he's not that oh my god we need this guy on the slesson even if he is brazilian bring him in i i don't think he's that that guy yeah i don't think so either i i totally agree so what I, about and, this guy yeah, what about, this guy? what about I'm this guy? What about this guy? For those of you deserves. listening on Spotify or Google Podcasts, we have a picture of uh, João Mário tweeted out muito feliz para estrada de volta os convocados da seleção Portugal sempre um orgulho e um prazer. So João Mário obviously very proud to be called back up after a few years. Uh, I, I know last podcast, Christian, you expressed your dismay yeah. that yeah. he was being called up because he's now playing with Benfica and he did, maybe didn't get the attention he deserved when he was with Sporting. But look, the fact of the matter is he probably should have been before. The past is the past. Glad to see him here now. now take it away, bud. Yeah, <laughs> I have to process this still. <laughs> no, we said it, we said it last, uh, last podcast. He, he deserves to be there with the way he's played. He also deserved to be there uh, at the Euro, I think, uh, for for the way he played with Sporting last year. Um, At the end of the day, he obviously, for that sense, sees something he likes and he brought him back into the squad. Um, So, you know, it is it is what it is. I think he's always uh, players like that, especially guys who are part of the the Euro 2016 winning squad. I think players like João Mario are always welcome back into the squad anytime yeah. they always have a special place in front of the heart for- if it makes you feel better i'd rather <laughs> see joel mario there than william carvalho hey there you <laughs> yeah. go i think I we think can we, all agree I think with we all, that we found common ground <laughs> okay so uh mitch let's go uh, with you right now let's take a look this is your projected line i'm sorry it's a little small here but we've got uh andre silva up front you will you take us through your lineup here yeah so i i think there this lineup kind of um it, it's the way that it is because I think Ronaldo is not in the best form um, yet. So I would like to see Andre Silva. Ronaldo still hasn't played a full a full club level match yet. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's in you know the best the best form yet. So I'd like to see Andre Silva up front. Jota, Bruno Fernandes. Um, this one is tough. Pedro Gonçalves. I want. I'd like to see him start. Um, he started the season already with three three goals. Uh, I think he deserves that spot. You could argue Bernard Silva there instead of Pedro Gonçalves, but I think Pedro Gonçalves um, brings a little bit of a bigger attacking threat than Bernard Silva does. So I'd like to see Pedro Gonçalves in that position. Uh, João Polinha and, and Neves in the middle. Uh, Neves kind of does that box-to-box work. He's a great distributor of the ball. He can he can bang it in from 50 yards out. So I like Neves in that role. Polinha more your holding midfielder, kind of your classic six. Um, I like him um, at uh, at Sporting. He's a great ball winner. Uh, so I think he deserves that spot. Um, at the back, uh, Guerreiro at left back. I I saw Mensch play yesterday. I know he's just coming back from injury. He did not look very good for Sporting uh, against Famalico. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that he's ready to, to, to strap it up for, for the Slesson yet. So I went with Guerreiro. 
Uh, Domingos Duarte and Diaz. Again, this is more not that Pep is is not playing well right now for Port. Just he's getting older, man. And I think especially with center backs, uh, chemistry is so important. And I think Diaz needs to start gaining chemistry with another center back other than Pep. So mm. Domingos Duarte, I really like him. I think he's played really well for for Getafe. Uh, so I'd like to start seeing that partnership. And then Gonzalo at right back. Uh, no no justification there. He's the yeah. best, one of the best right backs in the world. It's not the best. And then Rui Patricio in that. So. Okay. And I do not hate Ronaldo. I just don't think he's well, in top form right now. So I think let the record show Mitch hates Ronaldo, despite we, what he might say. Maybe later on in the year we'll take like a little clip of all the times he was hating on Ronaldo. We'll play <laughs> and then we can answer that. <laughs> okay, so uh let me pull up here. Christian, you've got your lineup. Uh, just bear with me. Uh, where do we find it here? Oh, yeah, it's the one with Ronaldo on it. That'll be pretty yeah. easy to find. So just give me two seconds. I think he might be able to make the team. We'll see. There we go. So <laughs> take us through your lineup. So obviously, before I even start breaking through this, this changes given on who we're playing. If we're playing uh, Qatar or... This is for uh, the Republic of Ireland on Wednesday. Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, I know I'm just saying in general, yeah. these lineups do change for myself given on who we're for playing. For sure. For sure. So I think uh, coming up against Republic of Ireland... We're going to be the attacking force. They're going to be more defensive. So given my, why I have such an offensive lineup. Ronaldo goes without saying. Huge move. He's uh, he's tied with the record right now. I think going in there, he's going to be really anxious to you know get over that hump. Jota, he's been in great form with Liverpool. Uh, he's been a shoe-in lately with, with us. Um, I think nobody can really argue with that. Uh, Pedro Gonçalves. Um, you touched up on it perfectly. I think he deserves a spot. He, uh, he's very offensive. He started the year off really well, scoring big goals already. And I'm not going to go into detail what we thought about the arrow because everybody <laughs> already knows. Uh, Brun Fernandes, yeah, he, he's a really good cab. He hasn't really pro- proven himself with Portugal yet, but we all know, given his standards, what we're seeing at United, we're just waiting for that breakthrough, Brun Fernandes. And, and the uh, magic is going to happen. The magic's going to happen. Reason yeah. why I put Bernardo Silva there, I know it looks probably a little bit different, but uh, I know he's really good in the center of the uh, of the field. Uh, even when he plays out wide, he always pushes in. I feel, I feel like it would be a little bit more creativity in the mid, in the midfield to feed guys like Pedro Gonzalez, Ronaldo Jota, good through balls. And you that's know. the position he's been playing with Pep so far. Oh, there you go. The first few games there of the year, he's been playing in that, that yes. deeper line. Mid- and uh, with a player like Padinha, he's a really good ball winner. So I think it frees up players like uh, Bernard Silva and Fernandes to do their thing, play a little bit more offensive, especially playing a team like Republic of Ireland. They're not going to be pressing us too much, hopefully. Uh, Cancelo, you said he's one of the best. I would even go as far as to say he's the best right back in the world right now. We uh, we needed him in you know the, the Euro Cup. He was a huge loss for us. I feel like he's a shoe-in. Diaz, one of the best center backs in the world. And uh, ironically, he's a shoe-in at Manchester City. That is the hardest position or hardest thing to get is a shoe-in at Manchester City because they rotate like crazy. They're killing me on fantasy. You get a <laughs> you get a Manchester City player, you have no idea if he's going to play. But he is playing every single week. He's one of the best in the world. for, And, yeah, he's a shoe-in. Pep, it's like, like much of what you were saying about Ronaldo. It's hard to pull him out when, he, you know, I think he was our best defenseman. At the Euro, I know Diaz, to his standards, had another gear to give. Mm-hmm. So to take Pepe out now, I, I don't think it's time yet. But going on what you're saying, he's on that brink. It's 
I think he has maybe one more tournament. Um, Nunu Minj, yes, he did have a really bad game against Fabulico to his standards, but everything leading up to that shows me that you know he's ready to at least you know take that next step with the Slesson, start with them. He's really good on the wing backs. He's really good at swinging in the balls, uh, and he could defend well on, on his on his day. And Patrice goes about saying. So, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see because the first game coming up is against the Republic of Ireland and Portugal just, I mean, they need to get the, the maximum points here. They should get the maximum points here. Republic of Ireland will be playing desperate. They have no points early on through this, so they need to get it done. Fun fact, guys, I actually a few years ago got a chance to see uh, Portugal take on the Republic of Ireland. I wanted to bring up a couple of these pictures. This Cristiano Ronaldo, he's waving to us saying hello. That was pretty <laughs> fun in, in uh, New York, New Jersey. Beautiful stadium. Got a chance to see them play. Uh, really enjoyed that as well. Uh, hey, uh, can, I to that? can I add yeah, on to ahead. that? So yeah. I actually flew out because they played that weekend. Uh, it was in Boston. And yeah. uh, I flew out to watch Ronaldo. And he didn't play that game because he was coming back from an injury. And because then a few days here he went to New York and played. I was a little bit upset with that. Because Ronaldo wanted to play for me. Yeah. He knew that I was going there. Uh, my husband, Graham, this was his first time getting to see greatness in person. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it, uh, that's just the way it works. And uh, yeah, there we are here. We were so young, enjoying it. And uh, one of my favorite pictures here, not that one. Here it is, putting the flag on Snoopy. Uh, nice. That was always uh, a fun time. So uh, we'll be talking more about making the picks here between uh, Portugal, Republic of Ireland coming up in our panel picks. Uh, but there was some other big news this week. Unbelievable. There was so much to talk about. Uh, we could literally talk for like two, three hours. But it was Champions League and the draws that came up. And, you know, it pays to be a champion because Sporting <laughs> ended up getting a pretty decent group. They've got uh, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, and Besiktas. Um, so before we get to the other groups, let's start with uh, the champions, Christian uh, Sporting. Looking at this, I'm fairly confident they're going to come out of this in the top two. Yeah, they definitely, out of the out of the three Portuguese teams in the Champions League, I think we do have the best chance to, to possibly get out. But looking at this group, it's a very competitive group. I think we can both agree, me and you, Mitch, that... Uh, at Sporting could easily finish first as they can finish last. They're all pretty qual like they're all quality teams, right? I think they're almost all on the same level playing field. So it's going to be a really interesting group. We did get the best group out of the three. So yeah, I'm, I'm overall I'm pretty content, pretty content with the with this group. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's talk about uh, Benfica. <laughs> they they've got their work cut out for them as well. They've got uh, Bayern Munich, they've got Barcelona, and they have Dinamo Kiev. Um, I mean, look, Barcelona, a much different looking team without Messi. Um, but my goodness, uh, I just struggle to see how Benfica stays in the Champions League after this group stage. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Um, yeah, I agree. Barca's. You know, they're not looking as good as they did uh, last year, especially with no Messi gone. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, anything can happen, but it is going to be tough. I think, you know, we may be looking at a third place finish in which we can still squeak in, into Europa League. But, uh, you know, anything could happen. It's weird because I'm more optimistic than you and your Bifika fan. I think uh, Bar <laughs> Barcelona always, when you see that logo, you, you hear the word Barcelona so much, you know, History, you get a little bit nervous. From what I'm seeing from Barcelona this year, 
They're getting. They already had a couple bad results this year. They're they're beatable. Yeah, honestly, no, they are absolutely. Uh, I I don't. I still would favor them to go through. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but I don't think it's a shoe in by any means. Yeah, no, it's like I say. It it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough, very tough group for us. There's no doubt, but yeah. there is a chance. Yeah. Well, you talk about tough. Oof. FC Porto, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, and AC Milan. Uh, group of death. I would say so. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's that one. I'm not so optimistic about Porto. That's for Porto. Yeah, that's I don't good, even uh, know if Porto makes it to the Europa League. They might finish last year. They, they have a chance. I they, think and, AC is beatable for I think yeah. Porto can absolutely beat AC Milan. Uh, Liverpool and Athletic are going to be very difficult to. to oh, yeah, first. it's not even close. <clears throat> yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, Milan didn't have the best. Seat. Well, they started off well. They actually went to a playoff with Riwav where they won in the shootout. They last barely year, got yeah. in. Yeah. And ironically, really loves the second division now. But, but yeah, uh, AC Milan, I think, is not as strong as Porto. It's gonna be again. It's still still pretty close. I do not think they're gonna they're gonna get yeah, through. Yeah, it's uh, Porto definitely got uh, a really bad draw there. Uh, Europa League, uh, Braga ended up getting Red Star Belgrade from uh, Serbia, uh, Ludogorets from uh, Bulgaria, and Maitland from Denmark. Um, Look, I don't really know much about those other teams, but uh, here's hoping that Braga can get through to the next round because, again, this helps uh, Portugal's coefficient, which, guys, they're now above France, right? Yes, fifth-best league. Number five. Number five. Messi's playing in the sixth-best league, and Ronaldo's <laughs> playing in the best league. So how about that, haters? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? And kudos to Santa Clara and Passos Freira. They they did a, 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 a decent effort to get as far as they did in the conference league, but obviously they just weren't able to pull it out. So yeah. uh, sucks to be them. Uh, Liga Portugal. Uh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> things are changing with that as well. Um, sporting uh, slipped up. Porto slipped up last week with a couple ties and it's Benfica. That's kind of leading the way right now. A shot at standings there. You want to know who's first? Oh, God. Here we go. This happened last year, too. And how did that end for you guys? But anyways, uh, historically, for some reason, Family Cano's got our number. The last five games, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's uh, three win- or three ties, two losses. They, they've had our number. Even last season, on our title-winning season, we we tied them twice. Yeah. And uh, that famous quote, you know, un by un bon came from that first Family Gone game because they had a big fight in the locker room there. Yeah. So, yeah, historically, for some reason, Family Gone has our number. And and you know what? I can't sit here and be like, oh, man, we got unlucky. Uh, we deserve better. I feel like that was a fair result. And even Family Gone could have won. You know, we hit the them. post. We had a bunch of chances. They also had a bunch of chances. And you'll see uh, – my player, my my Saji star of the week. I'm not gonna give it yet. Well, don't, but don't spoil it. I know, I know, but it, it go, is a shows how good Family Cone was that game. So, yeah, I think the interesting thing now, just looking at the standings, the question now becomes: Sporting and Porto play each other on September 12th. Um, huge matchup. Should one of them win, the losing team, does this now like you're almost in big trouble here? Because you're now, you know, assuming Befico uh, wins their next game, you're now five points back of top spot. I know it's still early, but, man, you don't want to be giving up too many points uh, at this point of the season. Yeah, I think for sporting, I think before this result with Family Count, you would take a tie. Obviously, you always want to win, but a tie wouldn't be so bad, given that we already played uh, if we tied. 
Porto and Braga. No, you take that, I think, uh, with four wins and a draw. But now, since we drew last game, it's it's definitely we got to go in there. It's we always got to go in there to win, win for both teams. But it's a must win for sure because honestly, you hit the nail on the head there, Kevin. You don't want to be five points back, yeah. you know, of first place yeah. this early. I know it's early, but every point counts, man. People yeah. like to look. Oh, it's March. You can't drop points. Yeah. With titles are win, won and lost in the first and you've said five weeks of the you've of the said season. It before, man, and and today was a great. You know, the, the game with Fumalicão, uh, Port's tie with Maritim. They also struggled against Fumalicão. They just about lost points. They should have lost they points. They should have lost points. Porto's <laughs> looked um, shaky out of the gates this year. They yeah. have not looked that great. And I think that's one of the reasons, too, why I think Porto's going to struggle to even qualify for the Europa League in their Champions League group. I just think Porto's looking really shaky this year. It's yeah. not just that, though. What, what, I was, what, I was get, what I was getting to was, and today, Befica's result against Tundela, no, they were down one nothing. We were down one nothing. We ended up coming back. I have never seen, to my to my you know uh, memory, I cannot remember a, a, a Portuguese league this um, competitive. Like, yeah, it is every game, especially even for the big three. Every game is a tough. Has been so far anyway a very tough fought kind of result. That Port had a bit of a blow up this yeah. this weekend, but that. It's it's almost every game has been very very well contested. Yeah, yeah. even uh, Braga, I believe they tied today with Guimarães, mm-hmm. so it's more dro- points dropped. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like about the Liga Portugal this year, correct me if I'm wrong, Mitch, you're seeing a lot less teams uh, park the bus, yeah. uh, time waste, play on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anti jogo is what they call it in yeah. Portugal. You're seeing them coming up head to head, attack attack, and that and honestly, that's just going to benefit our league. Absolutely. If you tell me that. Sporting won the league, but they lost three times. They tied four times. You know what I mean? And and like other teams did the same thing, like a more competitive league. I'll take that every time Absolutely. instead yeah. of just all the three big teams winning every single every game single and then game. winning a yeah. league. You don't want to be like you don't want to be like Scotland. Where exactly, exactly. So I honestly, I honestly really like this. I really like. I honestly hit the nail on the head there. Our our league is getting definitely a lot more competitive. That's awesome sure. to see. It's great to see. It's exciting to see. Do you know what else yeah. is exciting to see? Our panel picks. Let's go. Hands up. Then we gonna drop. All right, boys. This is how we did last week. Oh, look at that. I was three and two. I had the best week of them all. Wow. You guys both suck. And, uh, you know, that's uh, terrible. So let's just bring up. I just screwed this up. Hold on two seconds. Let's bring up. There we go. Here we go. This is this week's picks coming right up. So uh, let's start with uh, you, Christian. So uh, actually, let's go. The game's uh, it's the international break. Yeah. So we're going with uh, uh, all international games. Portugal versus the Republic of Ireland. Portugal versus Qatar. We've got the Republic of Ireland and Azerbaijan. Uh, Serbia, Luxembourg, and then we have Canada versus Honduras. We're putting Canada in there, number one, because we're proud Canadians, and number two, because Canada has a couple of Portuguese players playing on their national team as well. So um, let's start with, uh, I mean, Portugal, Republic of Ireland, Portugal, Qatar. We're all going with the easy choice with Portugal. Uh, any particular reason why, boys? Honestly, after that Euro, there's been a lot of uh, heat on Fernando Santos and Portugal underachieved to our standard. Uh, going into this tournament, being one of the favorites, I think we're going to come out 
uh, and you know make a statement. I also think Ronaldo is going to have a, a big game and get over the hump and be the greatest international goal scorer of all time. And Mitch will complain about it. And he'll be like, "Really? <laughs> Bruno Fernandes like, oh, took that penalty shot." Yeah, it was oh. easy. <laughs> it was the worst. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we can go on and on about that. Uh, Republic <laughs> of Ireland versus Azerbaijan. Uh, Mitch, you went with the draw. Why? Uh, we we struggled a little bit against Azerbaijan. Uh, so I think they can – I think they if they could frustrate Portugal, uh, I think we squeaked out a one nothing win yeah. uh, over them. If we, you know um, – struggled against them yeah. i think they can i think they can probably get a, a point out of republic of Ireland. so uh yeah and plus uh, i need to be i need to be different if i'm gonna win this freaking well game. you do because you're so <laughs> far behind already down by yeah. too early on uh serbia luxembourg i mean we're all going with serbia pretty uh pretty simple there uh but uh, canada honduras so that's going to be interesting so canada is in the uh final stage of world cup qualifying for Concacaf. this is their first game they've got actually a really busy schedule they've got honduras then they go down to nashville to take on the united states that'll be a huge game then they're back in toronto to take on uh, el salvador um, i'm excited to go to that game got my tickets last week um but yeah, Canada, Honduras, we're all thinking Canada's going to do it, but man, oh man, they've got a history against Honduras where uh, Honduras can be pretty tricky, but I'm confident with um, you know Alfonso Davies leading the way that Canada can get the job done. I agree, and for maybe correct from wrong there, Mitch, but for the first time uh, since I've been alive, I, I actually, we have really good players on Canada, and we... <laughs> we well, you know, no disrespect to anybody else, but we have uh, Alfonso Davies, David from uh, Lille, won the league. We have uh, Steven Stachew, which is linked with Porto, all the big teams in, in, in Portugal. Great player, in my opinion. We're getting better, and it's going to be – I actually hope they make it because I've never we, – we've never experienced uh, Canada-Portugal in, in the same tournament. That'd, that'd be really cool. That's, it's I mean, been fun to watch them play. Yes. yes. It's uh, – Christian, how old are you again? Uh, 30 years old. You're, you're you're just 30, eh? Yeah. Jesus. You're yes. both so yeah. young. You're both so young. <laughs> yeah, so you guys wouldn't be you guys wouldn't remember, you know, 1994 um for World Cup qualifying, Canada came very close to qualifying. They ended up losing to Australia in an international uh in a playoff between oh, the wow. confederations. So they played their game here in Edmonton. I was at that game cool. um as a kid. But uh yeah, it's it's exciting to see uh, it's hard to get your hopes up because Canada has certainly broken our hearts many a time, but it, it is good to see Canada uh, doing so well. And let's see if they can finally qualify for their first World Cup since 1986. Uh, time now for the Saji Star of the Week. Mitch, I love your pick. I want to leave that one last because uh, I get the privilege of seeing everyone's picks before the podcast starts. <laughs> so we're going to start with uh, Christian. Again, uh, Saji Star of the Week presented by Saji Pair North America. Visit SajiPairNorthAmerica.com for more information. Uh, Christian, you talk about how Mitch hates Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, you love everything about sporting. Maybe you're a little biased, and maybe that shows with your Saji Star of the Week. Uh, yeah, I picked uh, Antonio Adan. And it's not a Saji pick I'm proud of. Some of them. Huh? Someone that it's not a side you pick up proud of because anytime he's man of the match, it shows that you know we probably didn't deserve to win that game or mm-hmm. or we didn't play the best. But this man right here, if you guys have a chance, if you didn't see it, look up his saves that he made against Famalico. He is a shoe, and even when Famalico scored, he still saved it, and it got it trickled in, and he's he's been making huge saves, 
he uh, he's been really unlucky in his career. He was uh, he was um, behind Casillas at Real Madrid, and he was behind All Black at Atletico. Uh, he's even being a backup. He's always been called up for uh, like historically to, for the Spanish national team. He's been a great great goalie for us, uh, and he's great. he's my pick. Great keeper. Yeah, my pick for the Sagi Star of the Week. I mean, I could go with Cristiano Ronaldo for the big transfer news. I could go with Bruno Fernandes because he finally gets reunited with his childhood idol. But I'm going to go with Ruben Diaz, uh, Manchester City. And the reason for that, he was just named Defender of the Year in the Champions League. So it's really cool to see Portuguese players get the uh, the accolades that they certainly deserve. Uh, this kid is just a stud. And uh, Manchester City will surely uh, need to rely on him. Because, uh, well, as we all know, uh, now with Cristiano Ronaldo back, it'll be the Battle of the Manchesters uh, on top of the English Premier League. So that brings us down to Mitch. And, Mitch, you've got a very interesting pick for your Saji Star of the Week. Yeah, uh, I picked uh, George Mintz. Uh, I talked about him a little bit earlier. (laughs) Uh, I tell you guys, man, uh, this man, uh, if any of you guys have Amazon Prime, there is a documentary on uh, George Mintz, the super agent. Um, I idolize this man. Is his business acumen, the way he carries himself, the way he negotiates and structures these unbelievable deals. Uh, He truly is the super agent. When I woke up this week, when was it? Thursday? Mm -hmm. When I woke up on Thursday morning, I told my wife, Ronaldo's going to Manchester City. And by noon, he was going to Manchester United. And just the way that this man put this deal together and knew that the only way to get Manchester United to the table with an offer worthy of Ronaldo was to get Manchester City to agree to terms with Ronaldo. It it was just an genius bait and switch. The man is an absolute genius. What I would give to sit down and have dinner with him and pick his brain <laughs> on, like he he's my idol. So I'm disappointed in myself because for some reason I thought your pick would be Ronaldo, but I was yeah. Can you so, I'm so stupid sometimes. Hey, <laughs> uh, we got a, we got a comment here from uh, Joshua Botelho. Uh, thanks for watching, Josh. Uh, we really appreciate uh, all the support uh, on our uh, live stream here on YouTube and of course on our podcast, uh, which you can find on Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. Uh, Joshua says, uh, "Hey Dan, save that game if it wasn't for the unfortunate moment with Inasu knocking the ball off Minj's shin and into the net." it would have been the most impressive clean sheet in a very long time and uh, christian you're just already smiling about that comment well it's bittersweet because yeah he's he's i'm really happy for adan given uh what he had to go through in his career but at the same time being a sporting fan you don't want to you know have a result like that this early in the season especially going into uh a big game next week but molly Cohn deserved the point and since the nasty was brought up we, uh, i didn't mention he actually got called up for the national team too first first yep. time ever uh, I feel like uh, we talked about it uh, in the past. He never got called up for the U21s. I think that was a huge slap in the face. He he was a starter for Sporting when they won the league, and he never even got the call up. And then even for the national team, uh, he was ahead of uh, Netu on Sporting, and Netu got called up for the national team above him, even though he was a sub. So I think it was a huge call up for him, and I'm really happy for Gonzalo Inas. I agree. And just a quick note, uh, Evo. Ivo Rodrigues plays for Famalicão. Oh, he player. had a very, very good game. I was super, super impressed. Yeah. He played very well. He gave Nuno Mendes uh, a big headache the entire game. Yes, so yes. I was very impressed. And that uh, Jaime from uh, from uh, 
Pamelico, huge, huge yeah. player. He's Spanish, yeah. international. He's very, very good. Yeah. Very good and player. just wait till we see Otavio just shine for Portugal. Oh. I can't wait. And you guys will all be eating your words. I love it. Anyways, you know what? The best part about all of this is Mitch, for some reason, likes to cheer for Benfica. What a... I don't know why he must have been dropped as a child. Uh, you know, we obviously <laughs> cheer for Sporting, the best team. I see a Porto flag in the background. Uh, so there's always great debates about our club teams, but we can all agree that when it comes to the Portuguese national team, we are always there to support. So we are very much looking forward to uh, the upcoming World Cup qualifiers against Republic of Ireland. They got the friendly against Qatar. It's going to be a wonderful week. Make sure you tune in. And we have one more quick comment before we wrap it up from Joshua again. Very happy for Inasu. He moves the ball incredibly well. And I think he will turn out to be an excellent ball-playing defender. Uh, and I don't think any of us will disagree with that. Joshua, thanks again for uh, your interactions with our show. We really appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will have much more to talk about in our next podcast. To the Tuga, the Everything Portuguese Soccer Podcast. By the fans, for the fans, Christian, Mitch, I'm Kevin. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, see you later. Ciao, guys.